This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I'm Darren Ahern with Remax Results, bringing you almost 20 years experience. I've been in this area, messing around in the Pennsylvania, Maryland area and all over the place. And I also have with me the man who's been in this longer than me, has a lot more money in that vault than I'll ever have. Mr. Terry Kernan. Hey buddy, good to see you. <laughs> Great to be seen. All right, man, we're just hanging out here for a minute like... Hey, Frank, you ready? You got everything tuned up, mic'd up, and he was ready to go. So I hope you're having a great weekend coming up here now. And um, all right, we're going to get right on into it, Terry. I'm going to do the numbers real fast. We're going to start with Montgomery County down in your neck of the woods because we have not entertained some of our friends down there. Because I had somebody say, why do you call it your Frederick Real Estate Update when you talk about Carroll County and Washington and, you know, Montgomery? And I said, because it's really a surrounding area. I mean, we could have called it like Tri-County Real Estate Update and a bunch of other things. But but too late to change the name. Yeah, we ain't changed it. We've had it for five years. I was going to say We're not going to rebrand at this point in our... No, everybody knows that we've got enough hashtagging out there and all the other stuff. But... We do like to cover all the different areas because the the listener base does go out far, reach, and wide. So, all right, Terry, Montgomery County, down your neck of the woods, 651 active homes on the market for sale. That sounds like a lot because if that was here in Frederick County, we'd be like, whoa, we got all all kinds of stuff to pick from. But the problem is in Montgomery County, the average is about 2,200 homes on the market for sale. That's so amazing. that puts it in perspective. It's 25% or less of inventory of the norm. Resales, uh, 571. This is what's interesting. Out of all of that in Montgomery County, only 100 um, re, uh, new construction for sale, 571 resales. And the coming soons, this is a good number, 180. Boy, we wish we had that to look forward to. Yeah, that would be a nice number. Pending, 1,591 with an average time of six days on the market down there, which is like us almost, mirroring the same thing. Um, and then uh, here's the big difference, Terry. The average sale price right now is $698,000. Wow. So ours here is four hundred and seventy-five. So it tells you that it costs $120,000 more. Same kind of house, same everything almost. All things considered, it's about $100,000, $150,000 more to live in Montgomery County than down here. So put it at mortgage payments, it's like having an $800 to $900 a month, $800 a month payment higher as an average than in, in all that. So when you're doing that commute and that distance down 270, that's what you got to think about. Am I willing to pay $800 or more a month or whatever it is to, to be down here and all that? So in the most expensive home in Montgomery County under contract right now is on River Road uh, for a cool $7.85 million. The thing I was, I was like, hey, six days on the market, not quite. Terry, 312 days on the market to get that in our contract. Wow. That's, uh, <clears throat> and I'm guessing that there wasn't a bidding war. No, no bidding war. And they didn't reduce the value at all. They kept it the same. Oh, did they? Okay. So they were trolling the ocean like I was, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago in Florida. Same bait, same hook, same everything. Just knowing the right fish is going to come along. Wow. So it took 312 days. I'm thinking, man, for $7.85 million, Terry, my whole I'd wait. I'd, I'd wait. wait. Oh, I'd wait myself. I'd wait three hundred days. I don't have to. I only have to sell three of those a year, and I'm good. I got the same thing I'm doing now with fifty or sixty of them. So, yeah, that makes sense there. So let's talk about Frederick. Two hundred and thirty-two total actives. 
119 resale. That number has come down. Eight average days in the market at 475 median price. 113 new construction. So, so there you go. 80 coming soon. That number's come down. We were hoping that would consistently stay over 100 for the next month or two, at least to give us a little breathing room with inventory. But we don't get that. Uh, pending under contract, 438 and um, 407. Um, brand new is under contract. So the total of those combined were almost at nine, you know, those combined and then sold 30 days, 397, which is a little bit lower than norm, but that's just because of lack of inventory. But the, the sold to price ratio has gone back up and it's at 99.1. So buyers with a lack of inventory still, we're still going to see that hovering around there and not lose any um, resolve on prices yet. But that number we're going to pay attention to because with the higher interest rates in the next, I'd say, month or two, I won't be surprised if that dips down. If it doesn't dip down, my only guess, Terry, is people are starting to pay off their cars to afford the same amount or their credit cards or their stock market or crypto is doing good or they're doing something or getting mom and dad's money or grandma's or something because, uh, you know, that's the only thing I can think of at that point, you know, because of the fluctuation with the higher interest rates. So, all right, I'm going to let you get into it. What's happening? Well, um, in the market, inflation, that's the big number. You know, it's, it's what is driving these rates. Basically, we have two things that's driving these rates. One is the war in Russia or the Russian war in um, Ukraine. Ukraine. And then obviously the uh, which is causing the gas prices, the pressure. But listen to some of these numbers. OK, so on Tuesday, the consumer price index, the CPI, which is the number one teller of what inflation is doing. Yep. I talked about it last week and I basically said, hey, if it's if it's over 8% for the year on. So basically in um, February, the 12-month rolling inflation number was 7.9%. It jumped all the way up to 8.5%. Mm. Okay, so that number's big. Is that number... So that's the largest number we've seen since 1981. Wow. We've had six straight months of inflation above 6%. Let me remind everybody that the target that uh, Chairman Powell and, and the Federal Reserve try to keep at is 2%. So inflation is killing us. The only thing that we can do to fight inflation is raise rates, okay? Number one thing that we can do, got to slow down the economy. So we're almost at full employment. We've got all this going on. So the inflation is the one thing that we have to get under. Rates are now above 5%, okay? That is not what people want to hear, especially in the last 60 days. They've gone from about three and a quarter to five and a quarter. And that is really um, something that uh, nobody was planning on, nobody was projecting, nobody was expecting. So I think that we're going to see, you're talking about these... Um, Less people are putting money or less people are putting their homes on the market. I think part of that is people are definitely reconsidering now. They're saying, okay, rates are at five and a quarter. You know, my buying power has diminished. Um, if I sell, there's nothing out there. I don't want to be stuck renting. Uh, so I think that we're actually going to see demand decrease. Okay. And I think we're going to see supply decrease. But in turn, if demand decreases enough, then in the supply will actually rise. I think less people will be putting their house on the market, 
but less people will be buying those houses, so our inventory will actually go up. Is that yeah. Does that make sense? Is yeah, that kind definitely. of what you're seeing? Yeah, I think that's what we're going to see definitely little by little by the transition and all that. So no doubt about it. Yeah. So so let's take what's going on. Inflation's the number one thing. The good thing is that the smart people that analyze this on a daily basis, they feel that that March number is as high as it's going to get. Why? Because Gas prices went up 18% in March. That's kind of the full force of the war taking effect on the price of gas. Now, if things settle down in the Ukraine, if peace talks come, uh, we're going to see a drop in gas prices, is my guess. And so that number will kind of get back in line. But the experts are saying that March could be the highest number that we've seen. It's the highest we've seen since 1981. I don't have to remind anybody that interest rates were at 18% in 1981. Um, So that's kind of what we're taking a look at. It's still that inflation number that we just have to get under control. And that's where we stand. There you go. All right, let's get right into it. We were gonna, we were talking, um, Terry. Still, people are really scratching their head about um, buying the rate down. Like, what do we do about this? You said something interesting <laughs> between a five and five and a half percent because that's where they're hovering. About what do buyers do? What's the best decision to make? And how, what are you seeing? What do you what do you tell buyers to pay attention to and do? Well, there's a lot of panic right now. Okay, and and panic breeds panic. You know, anxiety. People make bad decisions with yes. panic, too. Yes. yes. Anxiety breeds anxiety. And that's what I'm seeing right now. I see it in some of my loan officers that haven't seen the rates <laughs> peak as many times. Right. So I basically explain it's okay. Rates are going to come back. Rates historically come back in a presidential election year. How far out are we? We're about 24 to 30 months. But things that could bring the rates down is if this inflation gets under control, yeah, they'll come down. They'll come back down. Okay, that we're going to get it under control. We have to get it under control, and it's going to happen. So, so the big thing is, is people are very upset that they are seeing a five as the first number in the rates. Okay, the biggest question that I'm getting is, what do we do? Can we get a lower rate? What will it take to get a lower rate? Yeah. So let's go over a couple of things. The first thing that you can do is you can buy down your rate, mm-hmm. okay? I'm going to explain very quickly, and I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible because this is the biggest thing that I'm facing is people are like, I want to buy the rate down. Here are some numbers. Uh, average loan amount, $400,000. So we're yep. going to work on that number, okay? okay? Yep. All these numbers are based off of $400,000. Let's say somebody comes in and they get they want a no-point quote, and it's at 5.25%. No-point quote means no, no... Zero points. That's what we've been dealing with forever and ever and ever and ever, and it seems like, because you guys as lenders don't initially... You guys have not initially said, well... That's at zero. I can get you even lower if you buy it down. That hasn't really been the talk until this increase, right? That's correct. All right, so go ahead. So a zero-point quote is a par quote, okay? okay? Just like golf. If it's below par, okay, or above par. Par means zero. It's, 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 it's right where it is. So if somebody wants to buy down the rate, they want to give me money to get a lower rate, so they're paying approximately 1% of the loan amount, 
to buy it down a quarter of a percent in rate, okay? And it sometimes varies, but but in general, that's a good formula to go with. So if somebody's at five and a quarter percent with no points, their principal and interest is $2,208. They come to me and they say, Terry, what do you think about buying the rate down? I say, I think it's an awful, horrible idea. Why do you think that? Well, I'm going to go over the numbers. So if you give me $4,000 to get 5%, your principal and interest is going to be $2,147, which is only $61. So what's your break-even point? I take what you gave me, $4,000, divide into it what I'm going to save you every month, which is $61, and that number that comes out is 65 months is the break-even point to buy your rate down. Okay. Within the next 65 months, rates are going to be somewhere where you are going to refinance. That's what the whole market is hedging on. Yeah, right. Presidential election years, they always come down. We're 30 months away from really seeing an opportunity. So in this case, it does not make sense to buy it down. So they say, well, what if I paid you more money and gave you more money, can I get it down lower? I know it doesn't make sense at 5%. So at 4.75%, it would be $2,086. That's a savings of $122, which is exactly double what 5% is. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You now owe me $8,000. Okay. So so everything's doubled here. So what do you think the end, end result is? The break even still sixty five months. Okay, still so it doesn't pay to buy it down. But then people say, I had a call this morning, Terry, with the rates going up. I, you know, our budget was five hundred thousand. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm, I'm very upset by this. And I said, Well, let's take a look at the numbers. They have a hundred thousand to put down. Okay, they were going to go. Their comfort level was at a $400,000 loan. She said, we're going to sell our house. They've been planning on doing it for months. I've been working with them since rates were 3%. And they basically said, what did we lose here in the buying power? Oh, boy. This is the interesting thing. Let's take 3.5%. Rates were much lower when I started talking to them. But let's take 3.5%. A $400,000 loan at 3.5% is $1,796. Okay. Okay. That's a difference of $412 a month with the rate of 5.25%. Yep. Huge difference. So let's translate that into how much buying power does somebody lose if the maximum they can qualify for and this is principal and interest. Forget taxes and insurance. That's all going to be the same. But what buying power did I lose? Basically, somebody that has a $500,000 loan at 3.5% will pay basically the same amount as somebody with a $400,000 loan at five and a quarter. So there's about a $100,000 difference in buying power that people have lost since these rates have gone up. When that all settles in and they start calculating and they start going after the numbers again, what we're going to see is we're going to see people go, oh, my. And that's where I think that's when people are going to 
the demand is going to go down. And that's and so the oh my. Did I explain said, that? Yeah, that's perfect. And I hope everybody follow. You got to listen again. If you didn't catch all of it, so you can see the trend of like, hey, the the four hundred twelve dollars. The big thing for me, I mean, I get it, and it's like, wow, okay, well, sometimes it's not a best idea to buy it down. Knowing that rates may come down again soon, you can refinance in a few years if they come down even more, and it may make more sense and all that good stuff. So that helps them. On the sell side, you know, you're talking to a real estate agent. I start seeing this, and I go, yeah. Two things I'm seeing. On the buy side, I got the buyer sitting there going, well, if we're going to still get the same kind of house we want to get, I guess we'll just pay off the $500 a month car payment because we only owe 12 months on it. We could do that, and we still have enough money to put down. I've had some people looking at that, looking at paying off a car, credit card debts, different things like that to get their loan-to-value ratios to where their qualifying power stays very close to where they were already anticipating that you guys have already run the numbers on, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing that. Are you seeing that kind of stuff where people are starting to say, well, you know, we'll just pay some things off. We still want the same level of house. We need that. Prices aren't coming down, so we can't get a better deal right now at all and it doesn't look like we're going to get a better deal in six months or a year so therefore what else is our options are you seeing that yes i'm seeing where people are saying my comfort level's here Mm -hmm. i know i can qualify for more i guess i have to go to that new level that i'm not comfortable with Mm. but terry what you're telling me is that at some point the rates are going to come down and we're going to be able to refinance and 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 that is is it a guarantee that they're going to come down no. No. But no. history indicates that it, they're coming down in the presidential election yeah. year. It's going to be a little more favorable in that regard. And, of course, no one has a crystal ball. We don't know how much. That's something I don't know. You could research in all the presidential years during the election year. What's the average amount that interest rates have come down? A half a percent? A whole percent? Or do you have any idea on that? Yeah. So when I was uh, at Frostburg, I was an economics major. Um, wasn't valedictorian of the class, just to oh, let come everybody on. know. Um, <laughs> but I did listen uh, in in topics that I thought were interesting. And economics was one. It's a very boring uh, field of study, but I enjoyed it. Um But this is the one thing that my uh, professor said, and this was 1984. And think about this, Darren. 1984, he said to our class, he said, the only time rates have been going up during a presidential election year is when Jimmy Carter was running for re-election. Okay. Okay. And he said, Jimmy, and this is 1984, he said, Jimmy got blown out and lost just about every state, and rates were rising during that election. Every other year, rates have come down during a presidential election year. So being in the mortgage business just out of college, I have listened and followed that, and basically it is true. Every general election, every presidential election year, rates come down from where they were Two years earlier. So it all depends what we're taking a look at. But rates are generally the lowest. And I've always said to buyers, if you can save with refinance, and I think we've talked about this, if you're if you're able to save like 1% off of what you're already paying, chances are, and you're going to stay there for a while, chances are it's going to be in the long run a good move. But if you're only saving like a quarter or a half a percent, eh, it's just going to take, it, yeah, it may not make sense. But that's where you come in. 
All right, here's what I'm seeing for the sellers. Now, on the seller side, here's my explanation. Now, you got buyers that are losing fifty, dollars $100,000 in purchasing power. You know that down the road, like, these prices going up, that's unsustainable. And so, therefore, it's just going to be less buyers in the game. And that's what we're seeing. So, life on the streets. Here's what I'm talking about. One listing this week, $595,000 over on 310 Copper Oaks and Woodsboro. We just got that up on the market. Uh, we've had about 10 showings so far right now, which is a little less than we would have had three months ago. I told the sellers, I said, I told you, we would have three months ago, you'd had 20 showings. 10 showings, this is fantastic. This is better than a normal average kind of a market, right? Okay. Um, and I've already got a, a word that we're probably going to get one or two offers coming in here and all that. So it's 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 playing out like sort of like how I kind of anticipated. There's nothing surprise, but it is a surprise if somebody was in a coma for three months ago and wakes up today as a seller. It's a big surprise if that's all they knew. So I think the biggest thing is the less buyer affordability we're seeing, a little bit slight demand, higher interest rates, and affects them of uh, these buyers we talked about. And then, of course, the big one now is I'm still nervous about is some of these appraisal issues. Remember I'd said, like, you know, 30% was what Wayne Six had said right now. Six months ago, it was like 16 18% with Kenny was on our program here. That is a massive increase. And so what we're pretty much seeing, Terry, we've talked about a 5% differential. And I've had as high as a fifty thousand. I've heard of fifty thousand dollar appraisal issues, and that's that's just blowing us away because it's like, wait a minute. The good news is I don't think we're going to see this increase. I think with what's changing and what's happened in the market, I really believe that we're going to start to see the appraisal issues settle down as buyers are willing to pay less. I think in the next month or two we could potentially see. Any home, and I tell sellers, 10 showings or 10 days on the market, whatever comes first, if you do not make an value adjustment, you're dead. It's just that simple. Because what's going to happen is buyers are on the buyers are paying attention, and they're going to come in knowing if they're the only offer, they're not going to even offer a full asking price. Why would you? They're going to go for now we could possibly see closing costs being asked for. You definitely aren't going to get an as-is addendum, sell the house as-is. They're going to want to do a home inspection and possibly ask for things. Why? Because they can. And so we will see FHA and VA and USDA loans start to come back in the picture quite a bit. What kind of activity are you seeing in that world? Because that is a huge indicator of any shifting going on. More people are trying to get pre-qualified now. And we have a lot of people that are coming in that maybe wouldn't have been in this place, but they are starting to see. So, so part of our demand is for first-time home buyers that are hoping that they didn't miss the boat. Okay. Okay. And so we are starting to see people with lower credit scores. Okay. Lower credit scores are fine. You just to be beneficial, you have to go with an FHA, and like you just said. People, it's very difficult to get an FHA loan accepted when you have five offers. You're the only FHA, and there's four offers that are conventional. Yours is almost pushed to the side. Why? Yeah, cash or conventional. Why is that, okay? When you go FHA, you're going FHA for a couple of reasons. One is it's a lower down payment loan. We can get you in a low down payment loan with a conventional. So the first thing that everybody realizes, especially realtors that are looking at these contracts, is if you see an FHA 
contract come across your desk, the first thing that you think of is they have a challenge where? Uh, tell me. Credit. Yeah, credit challenges. And, and as the we know, second area is ratios might be a little challenging. When people say credit challenges, Terry, you know, like in my opinion, like my thoughts is always like 640 and less as an average kind of thing. What are your thoughts on that right now with what you're seeing? So on a conventional loan, it is solely driven on two things, down payment and credit. Okay. On a conventional loan, if you have credit scores that drop below 720, drop below 700, once you get to 680 on a conventional loan, the pricing is ugly. Ooh. We're looking at 5.75%, not yeah. the 5% that everybody else can get. So the only the only way to get a lower rate and to get a better payment, okay? Yeah. People worry about two things, really. They worry about how much money is coming out of my pocket, and they worry about what is my monthly payment. They don't care how you get to the lowest payment or the least amount of money out of your pocket. That's the answer that they leave for me to figure out. So a lot of times if somebody has challenged credit where it could be something as simple, Darren, as I, <clears throat> my wife had a baby and I didn't know that we had these medical collections and our credit score is at a 670 because of these medical collections. Uh. It could be as simple as that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, going with a conventional mortgage, that rate and the mortgage insurance is going to be astronomical. So your payment is going to be so much more. So we're going to put you into an FHA loan. And basically, FHA is very forgiving when it comes to credit dings, and they're very forgiving when it comes to ratios, and they're very forgiving when it comes to bankruptcies and things like that. So an FHA loan is not a bad loan. Right. It's not a bad deal. It's just that people are not looking at them as favorably as a conventional yeah. because the the credit challenge goes alarm goes off. Yeah, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. All right, Terry, we got three minutes left. I had four questions this week. So what if the seller, this is it, for my listing, somebody said, so what, in a, in a, when you're selling a home, what if the seller has set a deadline date and no offers come in by that date? What do you do? <laughs> We're going to start to maybe I'd see not that. Not answer your phone. What's that? Not answer your phone. Yeah, not answer your phone. <laughs> um, we just take the verbiage out in the MLS and wait, see what happens. And I go back to my 10 showings or 10-day rule and boom. Uh, so only about 17% of all homes right now, I did research this, are needing to have any reduced or reposition of that value in the offer. So okay. the second question came in in the market, how much would you adjust the value if you do not get an offer? And I've always said typically 2 to 3%. I tell sellers right away, that's how I prep them. So no matter what the sales price is, you look at a percentage of that sales price. You don't look at a round number like... 5000 or 10000 No, 2 to 3% is typically enough to cause uh, buyers to come back. It's like chumming in the water. How much chum do you throw down to get the, the fish come up? Uh, there you go. Fisherman's going to tell you this wasn't take. You don't throw in two little pieces of sardine. That's like dropping the home $1,000 when it's a half-minute home. 
No, you're okay. going to have to come down 10, 20,000 or so. Uh, the, the other question was, since there's nearly 35% almost or plus appraisal value issues, how do you as an agent deal with that news? <laughs> well, I always prep the sellers beforehand, and I always tell them right away, my job is I can't sway the value. At most, I can look for any additional data and help with an appeal if the, if the appraiser allows it. That's all we can do. At the end of the day, 9 out of 10 times, they're not going to change it because there is no other data because we're in a market where buyers are already increasing their price so much that it's raising a new bar that we've never been at before. Yeah, and I just want to touch on something very quickly. I know we, we're running out of time. But when, when Wayne Six said that about 30% of the appraisals are coming in lower than the contract price, it doesn't mean that there's an issue. We had one that was 685 sales price and it came in at 680, okay? $5,000 on a 680 sales price is not a huge issue. So so it's not like a problem that they're coming in low. It's just Yeah, it's how you deal with it. It's just how you deal. With All right. It. Hey folks, have a great weekend. Happy sunshine, happy buying and selling. Terry and I are here. You'll get our information now. We're ready to help you out. Take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.